pass is intercepted at the goal line by Malcolm Butler. Little flip to Fitzgerald, he scores! We ain't got to do nothing special now. We just got to do our job. We can dance if we want to. We can leave your friends behind. Because your friends don't dance, and if they don't dance, well, they're no friends. Hello and welcome to the latest edition of the Safety Dance NFL podcast. Somehow we've managed to reach the quarter point of the NFL season and people are still listening to us, so thanks very much for that. Uh, I'm Steve O'Rourke and I'm joined as always by Paul Hosford and Owen Luke O'Kealik. How are you doing, lads? Not too bad yourself. Uh, okay, I suppose I have a confession to start with today. Um, uh, more of an apology to uh, one Mr. Derek Carr of the Oakland Raiders. Um, over the past ooh, 20 odd years, I've been an avid Oakland Raiders fan, uh, watched nearly every game. In the last year, I have decided for a, a number of reasons um, to skip the second half of two uh, Oakland Raiders games in terms of watching them. The first one took place on Christmas Eve when Derek Carr had his leg broken and the second one occurred last Sunday night when Derek Carr had his back broken. So from... That was my laptop just uh, cheering for... Yeah, thanks, thanks for that. that show support from Apple products there. Thanks for that. So yes, so to, to Mr. Derek Carr of the Oakland Raiders, I sincerely apologise for causing you to break uh, multiple bones. I'm just glad it wasn't me this time. <laughs> I think it's funny though, isn't it? The, the things that we convince ourselves we control when it comes to yeah. the sports. I am, um, first week of the season, I, I had on a Titans t-shirt, uh, a Mariota t-shirt, and we didn't win. And the next week I had on the Jags game, I had on a Mariota jersey. And I was like, okay, well, I actually didn't think any of, anything of it until halfway through the, the Seahawks game. And I was just wearing a regular T-shirt and I saw the jersey. I was going, I'm going to put that on. And I put it on and we won. And I wasn't wearing it in the first half of the Texans game. We absolutely sucked it out. Like, but the, the half finished at like 21-14. So I thought, put on the jersey. <laughs> and maybe, you know, maybe, yeah. maybe there's a way back into this game. Put on the jersey and things just got really bad. So I don't think I think I've come to the realization that I don't control the the Tennessee Titans results. I'm glad you you finally come to that decision. Anyway, like (laughs) it's only taken me 31 years. I think that's fair um, because aside from American football, I used to have a Manchester United Champions League edition jersey. Do you know the special one they had with the kind of reflective crest? And they never lost whenever I wore it, to the extent. But it's kind of a bit like um, Trigger's broom in uh, Only Fools and Horses, because if it looked like they were about to lose a game, I just took it off, so it didn't, <laughs> didn't count as them losing. So, yeah, uh, the, yeah, the things we do as fans to convince ourselves. Uh, even Monday night, uh, I couldn't really sleep, so I was watching the... I woke up and the, the Washington professional football team were leading the Kansas City Chiefs 10 nothing, and I was like, oh, this, this could be a great result. And of course, as soon as I started watching it, the Chiefs became the best team in football. So, um, yeah, I think we are all to blame. Bar lays it up for Freeman, and it's incomplete. Or did he came in? The catch at the 15? What are they going to roll it? He caught it. Touchdown. In terms of teams we can kind of write off already uh, that, that won't be making the playoffs, 
For me, the Giants and the Chargers. <laughs> uh, just so everyone knows, uh, my boss Adrian Nussel just gave us the wanker signal, so hence the laugh. Um, the, 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 the Giants, the Chargers, the Browns, the Bengals, I mean... The Niners. The Niners. Colts. Yeah, so, I mean, that's, that, there's lots of teams we can kind of discount. Is there anyone that with a 2-2 two and two record, or, or even a 1-3 and three record, that you'd be confident saying, yeah, or, or even a 3-1 and one record, that you'd be confident saying, actually, they've started well, but I'm, I'm not sure about them? I think, yeah, well, you have to look at the whole AFC South, the three teams who are top of the AFC South, the Titans, Texans, and the Jags. Questions over all of them. Um, the Jags... You know, on that, I suppose they come into that uh, Wembley game having lost to a divisional game to the to the Titans, lost convincingly, and then they go on the road and and you think that Ravens D is good or that Ravens D is supposed to be good, and it's a London game so anything can really happen. You're giving up a home game and they absolutely monster Baltimore and then they come back and and you wrote in your preview that they probably looked at the Jets and said this is as good as a week off. Yeah. And it turns out the game was far more competitive than, than we thought it was going to be. But there was any one of seven occasions I counted in the second half in overtime that Jags could have won that game. Yeah. And there was a couple of occasions they could have lost the game as well. Mm. Um, the, the Texans, you've got real questions over whether or not Deshaun Watson is for real. I know there's some doubt over whether or not he's legit. I think um, having watched him against the Titans on, on Sunday and watched a lot of them in the Patriots game the week before... I think he's very similar to Russell Wilson in that he yeah. will make things happen if your D is undisciplined in terms of uh, how they rush him, how, uh, the, the integrity of their rush lanes, the integrity of their BCR. Um, but I think he can make plays. So he keeps them in games. And then the, t- the Titans, you've got questions over the fitness of Marcus Mariota, that secondary, which is... Yeah, I've, never, I've actually never heard of a quarterback pull a hamstring before. It's it's quite an unusual quarterback injury. So. Well, when he's accounting for a lot of your, jet you know, sweeps, yeah. you know, yeah, it's not great. Well, going back to the the Texans, yeah, uh, like I'm I'm very impressed with Deshaun Watson. I think um, you know we saw coming out of college, ten thousand one hundred and sixty eight passing yards, nineteen hundred and thirty four rushing yards, one hundred and sixteen total touchdowns. How was this guy not the first overall pick? I have my suspicions as to why that might have been the case. Maybe people felt a little bit burnt by Robert Griffin III as that kind of quarterback, that kind of someone who is one read and run, um, as opposed to maybe sitting in the pocket. But I thought, I thought that he showed a little more pocket poise last weekend against the Titans than he had against the Patriots. Yeah, I think the thing that I, I, I suppose scouting college football is is weird to us because we don't do it on this side of, of the pond in terms of we, we know what a what a young footballer is like by the time they reach 20 because we've watched them play in all kinds of systems yeah. the thing about Deshaun Watson at Clemson was that one read and run was good enough yeah. and it won them a lot of games it, and his it ability, even won them a game against the best defensive team in college football yeah. so. so he was able to turn it on when he had to and he was able to play in a way that won him games and to look at that from a professional point of view and go, look, I don't think that's going to translate. It, there's quite, you've got to ask your question. You have to ask questions of yourself as a coaching staff. Can we train a guy to sit in the pocket? Yeah, it's a different we, game. Like it's, yeah. it, it is a completely different game, that level. And I, I, I think there'd be a lot of people like that who play a different game at college and it just develops the, the same way. Like 
anybody develops later in life to to, to kind of face a new challenge that they're playing. Yeah, and I, I think I think with Watson though, you, you're still going to have those Robert Griffin uh, concerns. Yeah. Is is an knee injury going to slow slow him down? Exactly. If he slows and, down, and the same as Mariota, I suppose yeah. that you know that like, Mariota has yet to finish the season, has yet to play 16 games, and that's a concern. But just one last point on 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 the Texans that I think kind of encapsulates the entirety of the the 2017-18 NFL season so far. Like, is this the team that scored 20 points in its first two games or 90, 90 points in its last two? Or is it the team that gave up 65 points to the Jags and Patriots or the one that held Tennessee and Cincinnati to 23 points? I mean, has any team in, in, a, in an opening four games varied as much in terms of what they were good at and what they were bad at? It just And to me, that sums up, like, there are so many teams, like... Like the New York Jets, for example, their two and two is a lot different than the Oakland Raiders two and two, mm. or the Patriots two, and or two. the Patriots two and two. I mean, the Patriots are one Tom Brady miracle drive away from being one and three, including three losses at home. But at the same time, they're also a couple of bad refereeing calls away from being three and one. Yeah, and Stefan Gilmore has is robbing a living in the Patriots secondary as well. That 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 goes without saying. Yeah, I mean, one thing I was going to look at this week on on the forty two. Um, that it is because I'm not afraid to hold up my hands and, and say when I've got things wrong it's the biggest mistakes we had kind of from what we thought the season would, would look like for me it's it's the New York Giants I just I just can't get over how bad they've been in all facets like I mean it was the number two ranked pass defence last year number two overall defence last year and they just can't get any pressure on opposing quarterbacks and up front on the other side, they can't protect Eli Manning. Like, I mean, Ben McAdoo has to be the first coach gone, surely. It certainly feels that way because this isn't a team that's... like it, it, You know, you, there are some 0-4 teams and you go, OK, well, maybe if things had broken another way, they wouldn't be 0-4. And yeah, you can look at you know one-score games against the Buccaneers, one-score game against the Eagles. But in the other two games, the Lions and the, the Cowboys, they weren't competitive. No. And... They're getting the thing is they're getting good production from certain playmakers. Odell catch, has caught a, yeah. a couple of touchdowns. Sterling Shepard's having a very good year, but beyond that, it looks like a pass a, a pass defense that's easy enough to pass on. Because I know that I know there are injuries in the secondary, but it looks easy enough to pass on because there's not enough playmakers in the secondary, and because they're not getting any kind of rush on them. And that's that's worrying, because that, that team that, that won two Super Bowls and has been a mainstay of the, of the yeah. playoffs the last 10 or 12 years, that was built on pass rush. Yeah. That is the, the, Giants, the modern Giants DNA. And they're not getting close enough to, to any quarterbacks, and, and they haven't played you know, particularly elusive quarterbacks. I know, I know James Winston aside. Uh, yeah, but even that game, I mean, like, you know, the scoreline looks a lot closer at the end because Nick Folk, you know, misses, what, an extra point and two mm. field goals in that game. I know he comes up big with the, the game-winning field goal at the end, but, you know, you can't, when, when you're in a, a conference as competitive as, as the NFC, you can't have your kicker costing you seven points in a game. It's just, it's not manageable. Um, on the other side, I think that the teams I kind of wrote off unfairly have been... Very similar teams, the Buffalo Bills and the LA Rams, both with young coaches, which is probably why I kind of said, yeah, not for me, you know. Um, but the Bills are, 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 even though they got rid of their best players on both sides of the ball, 
are playing better. It's that it's that Ewing theory, I suppose, that if you, if sometimes team you know to to quote Bill Simmons, teams get better when they lose that that kingmaker that 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 everything doesn't centre around and the Tyrod Taylor. Why the Bills are looking for another quarterback? They have their quarterback. There are there are probably sixteen to eighteen teams in the NFL crying out for a quarterback as good as Tyrod Taylor. Absolutely, and I, I think the the only question with the Bills, the only reason that I'd be worried that they might fall off, is that you look at the next four games: um, Bengals, Bengals at home, uh, Bucks away, Raiders away, and the Jets at home. I know the Jets at home. Yeah. Jets are two and two, and it's a divisional game. We we talk about the unpredictability of divisional games all the time. I just don't know if they come through that. If they win two of those games, you come out that game, that that stretch, five and three, and then all of a sudden, you're into the second half of your season. Yeah. They they could make something happen, but at the same time, they do have two games against the Patriots. Yeah. So. I think, um, Luke, you're an Arizona Arizona Cardinals fan. You've you've seen the LA Rams, and that division actually is very compelling. It might not necessarily be good, yeah. but it's compelling in the sense that. You have the Cardinals at two and two. You have the Seahawks at two and two, and you have the Rams at three and one. And even the 49ers, I mean, they haven't lost the game by two touchdowns, two scores. Like, I mean, they're they've been in every game, so yeah. that's 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 going to be a tough one for any team to kind of get out of. Absolutely. Like, I think uh, at the start of the year, we were saying the Seahawks looked considerably better than the rest, but they they've only like two and two. They've that's a, the same record as us like so it's kind of that they haven't blown anyone away and i think it's still like Ar- like arizona in fairness do need to get their act together yeah. in a big way but in fairness i thought the seahawks would be running away with it at this stage so it does kind of give a bit of hope for that division all right I, i'm 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 sorry I, i'm not buying it i'm not buying the cardinals at all a three-point win over the colts <laughs> three-point three-point win over the colts a three-point win over the Niners does not a good team make. Uh, you look at the, the games that they were that where they played actual teams. The Lions beat them handy. The Cowboys beat them handy. Yeah, I they, think that's I think that's fair. But I do think you know because they get to play six divisional games. We know historically the NFC West teams take games off each other. So you know ultimately that could be what decides it. I do think the Seahawks are still the team to be well, in there. Like I I'm not saying by any means that the Arizona Cardinals will make the playoffs. I'm just saying. They will like they they have things they need to sort out if they want to, do, and it's kind of the, the way the division is playing out. If if it, it's kind of giving them that space that if they can sort out losing DJ, if they can sort out the um, the uh, protecting Carson Palmer stuff like that, then it it they kind of have they're they're kind of being given a bit of a lifeline given how bad they've been mm. but at the same time like yeah it, it is a big stretch there is a lot that they need to sort out and I, I, I'm not convinced that they're going to do it either I put it this way the, the, the combined points total from their two wins wouldn't have won them their first game Mm. Yeah, you no, know, they scored eighteen yeah, points in one way, I think sixteen points in another. That is worth pointing out, and absolutely, and I, I think it would be remiss of us if we're we're kind of reviewing the first quarter of the season not to talk about the team that the last undefeated team, the Kansas City Chiefs. Mm. Uh, it's to me like I'm obviously biased as a Raiders fan. It's ingrained in me not to like the Chiefs. As a football fan, it's ingrained in me not to like Alex Smith. Um, as an NFL writer, it's ingrained in me to think that Andy Reid is going to fuck up at any given moment. None of these things have happened, but it's also worth pointing out that they lost Eric Berry in the first game, and that's something they've covered for. They lost their kicker, 
that's something they've covered for. The, the guy came in off the street, off the practice squad, and kicked the game-winning field goal um, on Monday Night Football. They've lost the three members of their interior offensive line. They're on backups. Eventually, injuries have to catch up with you. And with 10 minutes to go in every single game, they've been in one-score games. The nine-point win over, over Washington doesn't reflect how yeah, close that game was because of what happened at the end yeah. that killed so many gamblers, <laughs> present company excluded. But uh, it, to me, like they, they, to me, they are, they have been the best team in the AFC and probably the NFL so far. But that doesn't mean that they're that we can anoint them Super Bowl winners just yet. I think those injuries eventually have to catch up. Well, injuries and schedule. Uh, this week they play, they play the Texans. You're saying that they, you know, you said, you said, you mentioned there that they, they've lost three members of the interior line. The Texans D line will eat you alive. I mean, there's two All Pro tackles on the on the Tennessee Titans, and they got eaten alive yeah. the other night by by JJ Watt and Jadavian Clowney and, and company. Um, after that, they go on. They play the Steelers, the Raiders, the Broncos, the Cowboys. Like that, that is a tough run of games. Then you you know a game off against the Giants. Uh, like it is not it's not inconceivable they could be four and five it's not no um uh, like I, i'm i don't think they will i still be. think they're yeah. a very very good I team. Think i think they're a very good team i think they're like a, i think they're one of those teams that we we can we could be sitting here thinking i don't know how good they are and they'll be 14 and two absolutely but it, and they'll lose their first playoff game but it's also it's also conceivable that we could be saying i don't know how good they are and they'll be four and five in five weeks yeah yeah, absolutely, and that's why. But I think you know, in a, in a sense, that that's what's making this season so compelling. From a, it, it's it's a nightmare to try and pick games, as I've been finding out. Uh, but it, it is it's compelling in the sense that like Pittsburgh are eight and a half point favorites over Jacksonville this weekend. I'm not convinced that Jacksonville is losing that game. Never mind covering the spread. I'm not convinced Jacksonville is losing that game because we we've seen we've seen both sides. Of Jack, we saw what uh, Jacksonville did to the Ravens. Admittedly, that was in London, and you have to take that into consideration. But we saw them do the same to the Titans. A huge defensive performance, and so week to week, you're kind of looking at the games going. Yeah, you know, last season or the season before, I'd I'd pencil that in as a as a home win, but now you're not so sure. Well, yeah, I mean, we're we're four weeks in and you've won undefeated team, you've no consensus Super Bowl. Usually at this point, you're saying right. Well, I I mean, even last year you could look at it and you go, yeah, I think the Falcons are going to make the Super Bowl. I think the Patriots are going to make yeah. the Super Bowl. It was Falcons or Green Bay in the yeah. NFC, and it was Raiders and and Patriots in yeah. in the NFC. You could pick the four. I mean, if if you know. If, if it was your mortgage now and you had to pick four of you know four teams into two how how comfortable would you be you know you're probably talking i'd be 45 percent comfortable i bet your mortgage <laughs> yeah I, I wouldn't bet mine if, if i was I, actually that might be a good way to end this segment if 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 who who would you put in the afc and nfc championship games um i still think it's patriots chiefs um i, I just think if the car injury is any bit more serious but I think the other thing is that the Raiders have looked like a bad offence for, for two games one and a half those with Derek Carr and that's that's a worry um, in the NFC I still I think it's going to be a repeat I think it's going to be Green Bay I think it's going to be Atlanta I don't see, I don't see anyone I, I think maybe the, the Cowboys on the outside but probably not oh Luke um, I'd, I'd probably yeah, I'd pick the Cardinals yeah yeah no, I, I, I'm not going to pick the Cardinals for fear of being shown up Um I I like I. 
I think the the Packers have been looking good. In fairness, they've, they've been very very solid. The I I always think the Lions. In fairness, uh, I'm not just saying that because they beat the Cardinals, but like if for like at this stage of the season, I like what I'm seeing from the Lions. But and kind of in the rest of the NFC, yeah, the Falcons do look good again. But yeah, no, I I, I well I, out of those three, I think it'll be. I think it'll be out of those three, and then in the AFC, like yeah, uh, Patriots, um, the Raiders dependent on Carr. It, it, it's how many weeks is it? Six weeks or no, not sure yet. He could be as short as one. So yeah, <laughs> for a broken back, that'd be, that'd be <laughs> very optimistic. Um, yeah, if, and if, yeah, if I was to pick two, it'll probably be Patriots and. Uh, page and Broncos actually possibly yeah Broncos interesting uh, haven't seen the Broncos up close I don't think you're winning a Super Bowl with Trevor Simeon but I wouldn't have said you'd win a Super Bowl with the ghost of Peyton Manning uh, a couple of years ago either yeah. for me um, I think Seattle has shown time and time again that they don't they treat September as preseason. I think we'll see a much better version of them coming down the stretch I think we're going to see a Seahawks-Lions NFC title game um, with probably the Seahawks coming out on top and in the AFC I think actually we might see uh, a, a preview of the AFC Championship game this weekend with Houston and the Chiefs for me I think Houston have got such a head start that they're, they are or not Houston sorry the uh, Chiefs have got such a head start you can almost pencil them into the playoffs now and with the Patriots who have always traditionally guaranteed themselves the number one seed the Kansas City Chiefs problem in the playoffs has always been they've had to travel to tougher venues if they can host their way through the playoffs they've got a much better chance yeah so for me right now it's 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 going to be a Chiefs Seahawks Super Bowl but I'm going to be way wrong about that because I'm wrong about everything so Madden is on the field. He wants to know if it's real. There's nothing real in the world anymore. He's got it. He's got it. Joining me on the line is Pete Sweeney, a writer for ArrowheadPride.com. He covers the Kansas City Chiefs for SB Nation, the best team in professional football. Pete, how good are these Chiefs? You know, I think at the beginning of the season, everyone figured the Kansas City Chiefs would be in the running for the playoffs. What I don't think anyone expected was for them to be the best team in football and to have it not even be close. Like usually around week four, you know, people release these power rankings. There's some debate as to who the best team in football is. Now we're through one quarter of the season and no one is doubting that the Chiefs are the best team in football. So I think that's what they are. You are what your record is. And right now no one else is undefeated through four weeks. And this is a team that hasn't done it the easy way. Eric Berry goes down the, the first game of the season. Three of the interior line are gone down. Kareem Hunt has had to step up and is now the, the consensus leader for Rookie of the Year. This is a team that has somehow managed to win four, four of its four games. Yeah, and I think what's even more impressive to me was the other night when, in the middle of the game, the Chiefs lose their right guard, Laurent Duvernay-Tardif, and he's one of the best guards in football. So what happens? Uh, backup Jordan Debbie comes in. And the line struggles a bit in the first and second quarters, and you really worry if they're going to be able to beat this Redskins team with injuries along the offensive line. But they made second-half adjustments, and they were able to come out 
and get the victory, and the line was cleaned up in the middle of the game. It's so rare for teams to be able to deal with injuries in the middle of the game, and you even saw that on Monday night. So very impressive job by both the Chiefs medical staff and really the depth on this team. And this is a team we looked at it at the start of the year and we thought maybe there's a bit of a, a, a quarterback controversy brewing here. How long before the fans get on the, the Patrick Mahomes train? But Alex Smith has stepped up. Yeah, no doubt about it. And, and I think when Patrick Mahomes was drafted in Kansas City, people were excited and people wanted to see him in the preseason and he was the number one story and there are a lot of people in Kansas City who were calling for the quick turnaround they wanted to see Patrick Mahomes at least starting by the 2018 season and then out of the blue comes Alex Smith already eight touchdowns no interceptions and really is showing certain traits that he hasn't shown in his first four years with Kansas City so he's throwing the ball down the field last game you saw he was able to scramble for 50-plus yards, and he's been the most efficient quarterback in the league thus far. Just an impressive year for Alex Smith, and those people who love Patrick Mahomes, I, I still think they love the draft pick in Patrick Mahomes, but I think they're being a little bit quieter about him playing sooner rather than later. That's because of Alex Smith, and you mentioned how you know Kareem Hunt is a Rookie of the Year candidate, potentially an MVP candidate. So is Alex Smith. And so, yes, I, I do think Mahomes is exciting and still is. But, yes, much quieter uh, Mahomes talk right now. It, it's funny because it, it seems like Alex Smith, because he was the, I suppose, unchallenged starter in in Kansas City for his first four years, it seems like the game plan of be that game manager, throw the ball 8 to eight to 12 yards a lot. Uh, you know, it seemed like that suited him, but didn't necessarily inspire, I suppose, a whole lot of excitement. But it seems like with the arrival of Mahomes, he's really upped his game. Well, I think it's anything. Like, you think about me and you. If they hire, or if your job hires a a host, a writer behind you, you're you're, you're told, hey, this is the guy who's going to replace you, but train him. Aren't you a little bit more motivated? You know, I, I I certainly would be. If someone was coming for my job, I'd be motivated, and I think that competition just doesn't go for me and you. It goes for the players in the National Football League, and you can see it's made a difference. Well, you know, whether people want to admit it or not, he's been more aggressive as far as throwing the ball down the field, and he's playing his best football since maybe his final year with the 49ers when he went out with that injury. And don't forget, that was a Super Bowl team, so you wonder if this new version of Alex Smith can propel the Chiefs to making the Super Bowl. You mentioned the, uh, a, a very important word there, team. Do you think, in a, in a way, Alex Smith's his tenure generally in, in Kansas City has kind of proved that, yes, look, the, the quarterback position is incredibly important. You do not win Super Bowls without quarterbacks because we can name on one hand the teams in recent memory that have. But this is a good team across the board. And how, how important is that? I, I think... Having a good players at every position is fantastic, and that's part of the reason why the Chiefs are so good right now, because people are stepping up everywhere. You know, you have a guy in Terrence Mitchell who now is said to be the number one quarterback with Steve Nelson now, and you've had Kareem Hunt step in for Spencer Ware who got injured. I mentioned the offensive line. 
it's just been really impressive, even replacing Eric Berry, Danny Sorensen, and Eric Murray. So where you've had injuries, people have stepped in, and you haven't really noticed, which has been so impressive. And it's been at every position. So when the Chiefs really don't have a weakness in their position, and you're seeing players get injured, and they're not skipping a beat, yeah, you start to think maybe this team is a little bit more special than we realize. One thing that you have to look at, though, is is the upcoming schedule. I mean, Texans, Steelers, Raiders, uh, Broncos, and Cowboys, next five games are incredibly tough. All teams that would have at the start of the season, Texans aside, maybe looked and said, yeah, we can we can make a run at the playoff. Two of them, you know, two of these games are divisional games. You know, we've seen even in the first four weeks of the year, you can't tell anything in a division game. You know, form, everything goes out, logic goes out the window. How confident are you that the Chiefs come out of their next games on the plus side and not four and five? You know, I, I think it's it's funny because when you when you get the schedule, you take a look at it and you try to figure out who are the Chiefs going to beat, who are they going to lose to, what's their final record going to be. You make all these grand predictions, but as you've seen through these first four weeks of a crazy NFL season, any team can win on any given week. You mentioned the Texans, who the Chiefs have next. You know, they were about a few minutes away from beating the New England Patriots, and the Patriots have the worst defense in the league. So it's very hard to predict how these teams are going to be and how they change when you see them. You know, uh, you mentioned a team like the Steelers. They already lost to the Bears. And the Bears don't look that great against the Packers. So you don't really know what you're going to get every Sunday. All I'm looking at right now is what the Chiefs have. And what they have is a team that has shown the capability of beating anyone. So my confidence remains the same just because they've been on another level that any other team in the National Football League has reached so far. So how excited is the Arrowhead Pride community? How, you know, are people booking tickets to the Super Bowl yet? <laughs> I don't know about that. I think they've seen too much Kansas City football to, you know, write their checks uh, before the money's there. You know what I mean? But I think people are excited. I-, I think this is the best the Chiefs have been, and the earliest they have been this good in a long, long time. And there's something extra when you're the only team with a zero in the loss column. I mean, I know the Chiefs don't have the aura of the New England Patriots. But when you're the only undefeated team in the league and that continues week after week and, say, let's say, maybe it lasts another three or four weeks at least and all of a sudden you got an 8-0 next to your name, that target is going to be getting bigger and bigger. And I think the Arrowhead Pride community and Chiefs fans uh, across the board have just loved to be in this position because it's so new for them. It's just the Chiefs have never been in this position, getting that national respect that international respect. You know, people are knowing what Kansas City is now. So it's a fun time to be a Chiefs fan and a fun time for the Arrowhead community. Well, ho- hopefully hopefully it continues for you guys. Um, one of our, my co-hosts is a, is a Raiders fan. I would dearly, dearly love for you guys to put one, put one or two over on them, give me some crown rights. Um, Pete Sweeney, thanks very much for, <laughs> for taking the call today. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. So, lads, week five, we've got our first bye week this week, um, so we're, we're down two games. Well, what? second, technically. Well, thanks for that, <laughs> Smart Horse. Um, 
yeah, I don't think hurricanes really count. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so as usual, we'll wrap up the show with what what are you looking forward to from, from week five in the NFL? Paul, we'll start with you. I'm looking forward to the week of the backup. Uh, mm-hmm. Matt Castle likely to take uh, the snaps for the Tennessee Titans and EJ Manuel likely to take the snaps for your beloved Oakland Raiders. Uh, I'm looking, looking forward to seeing EJ Manuel throw 7 of 14 for 116 yards, two, two INTs and a, and a touchdown. Uh, I'm looking forward it might to, be enough against Joe Flacco. Yeah, <laughs> I'm looking forward to Matt Castle throwing you know, 12 of 28 for... 60 yards and a bucket full of sadness and all the while reinforcing the idea that Colin Kaepernick isn't signed for football reasons as absolute utter bollocks yeah completely on Luke yourself um, I think I'm gonna take an I suppose inspiration from your love of the Houston Texans now um, I think I'm gonna enjoy seeing uh, Kareem Hunt come up against JJ Watt mm. uh, and see what happens there because he's really now that we've no DJ, unfortunately, he's like he's really been phenomenal this year. And I suppose it's kind of that old um, what happens when an unstoppable force meets an immovable object. And yeah, be uh, be interesting. Yeah, I think that's gonna be an absolute must watch this weekend. I think yeah, it's the Sunday night game. It's I think. It's definitely worth staying up for. For me, I'm looking forward to the Cleveland Browns getting their first win of the season against the New York Jets because two wins is all the Jets can do if they're hoping for one of those top picks. So uh, I think Miles Garrett could be back for this game and I think we'll see just why they picked him as the number one overall pick. So that's it from us for this latest episode of the Safety Dance NFL podcast. Thanks as always for listening. If you want to find us on Twitter, we are at Safety Dance Pod. You can find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, all good and bad podcast service writers. As usual, I've been Steve O'Rourke and joined as always by Onluka Kalik and Paul Hosford. Cheers, gents. And until next week, go team. Pass is intercepted at the goal line by Malcolm Butler. Little flip to Gerald, he scores! We ain't gotta do nothing special now. We just gotta do our job. We can dance if we want to. We can leave your friends behind. Cause your friends don't dance, and if they don't dance, well, the no.